We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto Grinders for week four of NFL. I'm Britt Devine here with Daniel Kelly. Uh, Daniel, after this week, like the season's almost a quarter of the way over. We don't have a lot of enjoyment. It's not like baseball. It's not like basketball where you get to soak it in every day, day after day, the whole summer long. The season comes and it goes. We got to make our money and enjoy it while it's here. Not a moment of relaxing to do during the season either. I tell you what. Working all the time. Yeah, pro football, pro football focus. Hey, that's why you guys have all the cool stats, because you guys work a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, all right, so what we're going to do here, we've been starting off with Daniel's article every week on pro football focus, is kind of a look back at what we can learn from last week moving forward. Uh, Daniel, this is one of your many articles you write at pro football focus, along with basically just about editing every single one that comes through the pipeline there so off the top of your head uh, I've got pulled up here you wanted to mention something about the Buccaneers offense you wanted to talk a little about about the Texans offense too so this is kind of your floor what do we learn in week three my man well both of them are kind of the same situation in that it's just too many mouths to feed you know we the, the big appeal of the Tampa Bay offense this year was going to be Mike Evans Chris Godwin OJ Howard we we didn't think the running game would do anything they were going to throw the ball a million times the defense is going to be garbage we were going to get massive production out of all three of them and that's not been what's turned out to be the case they're running a lot more than we expected the defense is better than we thought and so we had a good week from Chris Godwin in week one and week two and then we had Mike Evans in week three but we haven't had a, a day where both were two guys even considering OJ Howard have put things together at the same time and that's really lowering the ceiling of all three of them because if one succeeds the other is going to fall a little bit yeah I'm always uh, I'm like you know when I play these DFS tournaments I'm making game stacks and stacking my quarterback with two targets and running them back with one or two on the other side right trying to hit the the maximum output from a single game and you have a good point here maybe you scale back your Buccaneers offense maybe instead of using two targets you just use one 
uh, something like that, because right, they're running the ball too much. That run defense looks like it's pretty legitimate under Todd Bowles. So you, you just got to kind of uh, adjust as the season progresses. And I think we're at the point in the season two where we can start really looking at this year's data uh, a lot more than we did last year's and really try to dig into what's happened. So I, I really like what's going on there with the, with the Buccaneers analysis. Uh, the other one's the Texans offense. Right? I love Deshaun Watson and, and I want him to throw the ball. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. But we, we saw last year, Kiki Kuti, right? He was the darling when he was in there getting all those targets and it's just not happening here. So try to make some sense of what's going on that passing year for us. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's great and DeAndre Hopkins is always going to get his. But the big appeal of Will Fuller is his big play waiting to happen every week. And he's not been that so far this year. He doesn't have a touchdown yet, which is not what we've seen out of Fuller at all. Kenny Stills' arrival has really thrown a wrench into the works here. And so far, his snaps that he's gotten have mostly come with the expensive QT. But, you know, until Fuller starts scoring, we have to worry about that. Last week, we saw all three of the touchdowns come from tight ends. I just worry we're not going to have much after DeAndre Hopkins in this offense. Yeah, I still like Fuller when he's out there every snap. And when you're playing every snap and Deshaun Watson's your quarterback, you're going to have some good games. It just hasn't happened yet. I, I'm I'm calling it a buy low. You're saying it might not appear. We'll have to see what happens this week. Uh, maybe even have to take a couple more weeks. It's a long season, even though it's short, to kind of understand what I'm saying <laughs> in, the, in the NFL. Uh, all right, so that's kind of looking back at week three. It's something I always like to do both in DFS and, uh, you know, look at, look at my lineups uh, for some self-inflection and also try to see what we can learn moving forward in here. Uh, with that out of the way, uh, some of the people, they'll, they'll get this on Thursday, right? This hits the Roto-Grinders podcast. People watch it live. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Showdown. And there was a really great article uh, written by Sam Monson over at PFF about Jair Alexander. I've got it pulled up on the screen share for everybody. Basically making a case for him to be the league's next shutdown quarterback. And hey, with Jalen Ramsey, he's, he could, he's, he's just taking vacation uh, with the birth of his son. It looks like he's going to be out for a little while we're going to need more shutdown quarterbacks, right? So uh, go over what Sam was talking about in this article. And, and basically, you know, is this Packers defense for real? It's, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey. I love that in the last 48 hours, he's had the flu. He's had a back problem and he's had, he's having a child. Dude's going to have scurvy by next week. Um, yeah, this, this Jair Alexander piece, Sam goes in crazy depth here. There's gifts, there's graphics, there's, there's charts. You, it's something you have to read. But he makes the point that since Darrell Revis is gone, we have not had that Revis Island next generation. And Jair Alexander should have to do it. He has the top coverage grade of any corner in the league right now. It's three games into his second season, so he's not that experienced yet. And he's just lights out. And that's part of this entire Packers defense. They have there's, – there's two teams in the league that have a PFF grade over 80 on their pass rush. There's four teams that have a PFF grade over 80 on their coverage. Packers the only ones with both, and they're the only ones even close to both. So this defense is absolutely playing lights out so far, and Jerry Alexander is the captain of it. So on showdown this week, who's Alexander going to be guarding? He's mostly an outside receiver. Moves a little bit left to right. Probably, I mean, I figured you'd want to take away Elshon Jeffrey instead of Mac Hollins. I'd imagine he gets a lot of Elshon Jeffrey this week, right? Yeah, we, we can be pretty sure he's not going to be on Nelson Aguilar a lot because he doesn't spend that much time in the slot. But the outside receivers, Jeffrey, Hollins, Ortega Whiteside, if he still gets any playing time, those guys are going to see their fair share. The problem is if they don't have him on there, the Packers have other good cornerbacks. So, yes, Alexander's the scariest one, but no matter what, this could be a, a bad day for the Eagles passing offense. Yeah, uh, I think I like the Packers side too. you got some good stats here to, to back that up as well. The Packers, they haven't really – I think the Eagles are good enough 
to actually test the Packers. You look at the Packers schedule, who they face, right? The Bears, the Vikings, who don't pass, right? They've had some really easy matchups. I think they're going to get put to the test a little bit in this game here. I think the Eagles are good enough to do that. Um, but I, that, I think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers possibly come to life in this game too, along with Devontae Adams, who has completely disappointed through three games. Uh, if, if he doesn't bounce back here, I think we really got to worry about him. But what do you have for me on this Packers passing game and Eagles defense matchup? Yeah, we know how good this Eagles run defense is. They, ju- they just make teams pass on them, which great, you're shutting down the run. But if your pass defense can't stop anybody, it's not really a great scenario. And over the, the start of the last year, the Eagles have a 28.3 PFF grade on uh, balls targeted 20 plus yards down the down the or from the line of scrimmage that's the third worst in the league they've al- allowed a 106.4 passer rating on those deep balls they struggle on the pass Ronald Darby's out so they're going to be even worse this week I think this is after Rodgers and Adams have both started out slow I think this is a smash spot for both of them and Marquez Valdez Scantlin Geronimo Allison I'm not in on he's too much of the slot guy with the other guys I think they're going to have big outings this week uh, all right, let's talk about uh, a couple of bets, too. I pulled up Green Line for this game. It looks like Green Line likes the Packers side uh, just a little bit more than, than Vegas on this one. It's a four-point spread currently. Packers, Green Line has it at four and a half. But uh, I, I like to fight Green Line sometimes myself. I'm not doing it on this game. I always like to talk about some of my, my favorite bets out there. Um, one, the first one is the Falcons. Uh, they're minus four. Green Line agrees with me. Uh, on the Falcons on this one as a minus four I've already went to the sports book now it was minus five a couple hours ago so whoever's behind the scenes fudging the numbers here to make it not look as good I don't like it right because I, <laughs> I, I liked it earlier when it was minus five green line it's still minus 4.3 uh, I like the Falcons at home right the Titans look so bad I think Mariota if he has a bad half if they're down like 17 nothing a halftime I'm not convinced he's the starting quarterback at the end of this game if he doesn't start actually playing well here. Uh, I like the Falcons. They lost last week. If that game went a little longer against the Colts, they were going to blow out their doors uh, in that second half of the game. They just ran out of time. Um, Julio Jones, is he's a man man among boys right now. All that TD regression is coming his way. Um, I I just think the Titans aren't a good football team, so the Falcons are one of my favorite bets of the week this week. I can get behind it. Uh, you mentioned, you know, Marietta almost getting benched in my, and there's a season long league, everybody drink, but I've almost picked up Tannehill a couple times because I'm desperate for a backup quarterback. So I, I, I can totally hey, see where you're coming SFB from. SFB9, go for it, right? Just anything goes. In Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with that bet at all. Um, give me one of yours while I'll pull up, a, pull up one of my other favorites too. Uh, we normally talk about the spreads here, but I want to talk about an over-under. This New England-Buffalo over-under, 44 points. I'm pounding the under in that game. But uh, New England has had a, a lights-out defense so far. Granted, they haven't played any good offenses, but this is a great defense. This is three of our top eight-graded cornerbacks, uh, and New England's offense could be struggling. We don't know how healthy Edelman is. James Devlin is out for the year. That's going to be hurting their whole running game. I just think there's going to be a, a whole lack of scoring chances in this game. Yeah, green line basically the over under perfect the spread basically set on it too so not a huge read on green line on that game uh the one i'm gonna disagree with is they have it as the game of the week which is always kind of the sunday night game i love the cowboys this week i already bet them at three uh i bet them again at two and a half if it goes even lower i might even put some more money down hopefully i'm not bankrupt by the time it's done but the saints sure right they're, they're they have good players they don't have drew Brees anymore that offense was pathetic it was all dink and dunks to Alvin Kamara dancing around uh, all through the Seahawks. I don't know if they can repeat that. They got they had to get a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown, some Chris Carson fumbles, right? All that had to go right for them to win last week. And I think the Cowboys are 
are probably one of the top three or four teams in the league right now. I think this is a joke for it to be like minus two and a half. I think they're like, it, you can cross the three on this. If they were like four point favorites, I think that's a little bit, um, you know, more in line with my expectation. So I love the Cowboys. Uh, I know Greenland doesn't agree with me, but do you have a strong take on that game? I, I, I don't feel as strongly as you. And if I wanted to make the argument for the Saints, you know, you'd say Dallas has only played the Giants, the Dolphins, and Washington so far. Like you can you can poke holes in mm-hmm. Dallas, but yeah, it's 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 hard to see New, New Orleans keeping up with them with them not having much offense right now. Teddy Bridgewater or Dak Prescott, he, he's always been legitimate in my eyes. And with the new play calling, all the all the play action they're running now, I don't know. I think this this line's a joke. Hopefully, I don't go broke betting this. And if it keeps moving the opposite direction, because I really like that one. Uh, a couple other games you wanted to talk about. You got uh, Jacksonville. You got the Bears. Uh, so tell me about those two teams. The Bears one is one I'm pounding pretty hard too. They're they're two point favorites at home against Minnesota. Minnesota has only been able to run the ball this year, and the Bears shut down the run. I just I'm not sure how Kirk Cousins is going to be able to score on this defense, and so I, I think I think the Bears should be able to cover that one pretty easily. Jacksonville, meanwhile, I, I've I've gone back and forth this one. I tossed it up here. I almost deleted it three or four times, but in the end, I'm sticking with it. They they're on the road and they're three point dogs at Denver, but Denver can't do anything right now. Denver is. I mean, they're not the worst team in the league because we have some awful teams right now, but they're down there. And Jacksonville is going to be able to throw on them, going to be able to hit up DJ Chark or Chris Conley. This Gardner Minshew story is phenomenal. So I'm, I'm sticking with them. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey of, of defensive players to be out for a game, he's got to be one of the, the premier ones for, for sort of line movement, right? I mean, it, when Joe Flacco is throwing, does it really matter, right, that you need to shut down a quarterback? Exactly. Probably not, but, but Ramsey is uh, – it looks like he's probably going to miss this week, maybe even more – um, you know, probably one of the more significant defensive players, but I mean, come on, it's, it's Joe Flacco. You don't really yeah. have to. And, it's, and it's Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so Deshaun Hamilton's not going to get this massive coverage. Oh, darn. Like AJ <laughs> Bouye and Cortland Sutton, they're fine. Uh, all right. Let's uh, move into the DFS portion here. We're going to go position by position. Lots of uh, good quarterbacks this week. You know, we've seen the old guard fall away, and we saw the new guard and Kyle Allen and Danny Dimes kind of ascend last week. Um, I'll talk about Danny Dimes, but let's talk about sort of like a, a call, the, the middle guard, right? We've got Russell Wilson. Uh, we've got Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I tweeted this out earlier. Patrick Mahomes' first game in, in a dome in the NFL. I mean, he, he's throwing for th- – 300 plus yards four touchdowns it seems like every single game he's doing this outdoors sometimes not an even great weather last year now he's got his first dome game against Detroit I mean what's gonna happen here it's I I did not realize that till you said it to me and that's amazing I I I hope he has 700 yards and eight touchdowns I don't even like the Chiefs it's just fun I, I remember I did a periscope before week one and somebody made me commit to what I said Patrick Mahomes would throw touchdown passes this year and I said 36 and I feel stupid Oh yeah, so forty six sort of feel felt stupid now. Yeah, fifty six seems right. <laughs> uh, it's the 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 thing with Mahomes is it's never a bad week to use him. There's there's a salary point at which we have to talk about it, but they're never going to get there. It's never going to be a fifteen thousand dollars salary. So the way he's all, he always plays, you're never wrong to start a lineup with him and seeing what you can build. Especially the Lions this week having Darius Slay either banged up or out, they're going to be able to throw all over them in the dome, like you mentioned. Um, and we'll know if you're making Patrick Mahomes stacks, Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins, right? It's expensive. 
don't run it back with Terry McLaurin and Wayne Goldman in that lineup because that's what every other lineup's going to look like. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be every lineup. <laughs> that's going to be uh, all those lineups doing that. So just think a little outside of the box when you're making your your expensive stacks. They don't throw in the the exact chalk value everybody else is doing. I love Mahomes too. Uh, that Detroit, I, I like Detroit too. I'll talk about Staff. I got let me talk about Stafford here for a second. So the only thing you know, if you try to correlate, that's a big thing for tournaments. So what correlates besides a quarterback and a wide receiver? Well. The, the next best correlation is the other quarterback in the same game that's going off. That's basically the second strongest correlation in DFS. So if Mahomes is going to go for 450 and five touchdowns, like I feel like he should do every single week, well, Stafford's probably going to go for 300 plus and three. He's cheaper too. His targets are cheaper. So you're able to get some better players into your lineup as well. And uh, I, I just think that looks really good for Stafford. I'm going to have a, it seems like I, I say this just about every week, but a lot of my lineups, Guess what? I'm going to have a lot of Chiefs. I'm going to have a lot of team going up against the Chiefs because eventually Mahomes is going to have this 505. Like, I feel like he should have had it every single game so far this year. And Stafford's a good quarterback. He's got really good targets out there. And I know the KC pass defense is doing okay. But uh, call me crazy, uh, I think the Lions might be able to even keep pace with Kansas City here. So I like Stafford uh, quite a bit. The other guy you wanted to talk about – uh, is Russell Danger Wilson. I'm, I'm, I'm taking an early victory lap. One of my favorite season props was the over on Russell Wilson passing yards because I was like, well, this defense stinks and they're going to get into some shootouts and it's happening. And he's looking like he's on his way as like 3,600 yards or something like that. I feel like he's halfway there already after uh, his, his couple of performances. But when you play Arizona, it rises all tides, right? Every player opposite of Arizona gets a boost because of all the extra plays they're going to run here. So uh, what else you got for me on Russell Wilson? Looking like a great play. Yeah, it's everything is setting up for him this week. Uh, we've seen Pete Carroll is coming all in on the Chris Carson love. He's not going to lose any playing time. But at some point, these fumbles have to go- work against him. And right now, Rashad Penny's hurt. CJ Procise is not going to be a full-time back. So they're just not going to be able to run the ball as much as they want to, no matter what Russell Wilson's doing or not doing. They don't have that option. Meanwhile, uh, their defense, like you said, is not doing as well as, as we thought it might, or as well as I thought it might when they got Jimmy and Clowney. I thought it was going to be a better defense than, than originally expected. And these are two teams that are in the bottom 10 in coverage grades. Uh, Arizona's at 53.6 coverage grades. Seattle's at 52.7. This game has all the makings of a lot of plays, a lot of yards, and a lot of fantasy points. What's the uh, – let me go to Greenland. What's the over-under on this game? Uh, I had it from Vegas at 48, but I don't have Greenland in front of me. 48 that's seen i mean last week what was it, it was like it went up to like 58 or something like that in in the game 38 to 20 or something like that yeah this this looks like another one from last week if i had the holding penalties too i, I guess we can talk about that they disappeared we'll hit all the overs right because because that's worth like a couple points in a game here if the holding penalties disappear yeah i don't see any reason why they'd rise back up now so that's a good point yeah so that's something i was thinking about a little bit too uh another thing i'm thinking about is jared goff right he's got the puppet master Sean McVay, he's at home, right? He can actually hear him. He can pull all the strings at the line of scrimmage. All those split, all those splits. Jared Goff at home. Uh, I, I like him this week. Uh, Gurley's dust. Uh, you mentioned the Bucks. Their their run defense really good, right? And I saw. Did you see the quote from Bruce Arians today? He's like, "What are you stopping on? We're going to try to focus on stopping Todd Gurley. I mean, anybody. We could stop Todd Gurley, Daniel. I don't really think you have to. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about that." So I'm liking Goff to, to really be able to pass. Uh, we've got some notes on the receivers, too. There's some really good matchups for them this week. Uh, Goff at home. He's got the puppet master dancing uh, at the line of scrimmage with Sean McVay as well here. So uh, I like Goff. Uh, I'm looking at ownership really quick. We talked about Russell Wilson. 
11% ownership. We, we talked about Patrick Mahomes, 10% ownership. We currently have Goff pegged at 6% ownership. So you're getting a little bit less. Now as targets, you got to mix around a little bit, right? You do need a couple of lineups to kind of cover your bases. Um, but I like Goff at home, uh, especially against Tampa Bay. Uh, I like him to light it up. Uh, what else you got for me at the quarterback position? Well, this one, I acknowledge it's going out on a limb, especially with him maybe missing practice this week. But Case Keenum interests me. This this Washington-New York game could be an absolute shootout because these defenses can't stop anybody. And as bad as Case Keenum was on Monday, and he was awful, he could scarcely have been worse as a real quarterback, he still put up 20 points. He still was a, a top 10, top 12 Garbage quarterback. Garbage time what his king. Was. Yeah, garbage time key. So I, I don't care when he gets the points. He's going to, as bad as he was on Monday, he's, his ownership's going to be tiny, and we can take advantage of that. Assuming he's healthy for – sorry. No, no, you keep going. Assuming he's healthy. Right? I, I, I want to Assuming you, he's healthy, yeah. I want to ask you, so he's 4,900 on DraftKings, and Daniel jo- Danny Dimes is going to be the chalk uh, of the play this week. He's 5,300. We had Mr. 4K Kyle Allen last week, which was really good because it's just – just a complete tier all above himself. Let's say Keenum sits. Uh, Haskins is 4,700. I don't know if that's the steep enough discount like Kyle Allen was last week for everybody to fall in love with him. But if let's say Haskins plays, would you, I mean, you could, I think they're pretty interchangeable in my opinion. I, I don't have a big problem either way, except that I wonder if it'll be Colt McCoy. We've been hearing Colt McCoy rumors out there. And at that point, I mean, again, it's the same thing. This game could be a shootout either way, but I don't want to put money behind Colt McCoy, so I'm not sure if I can get in. 4,100. Hey, a 4,100 starting it's, quarterback on DraftKings interest. That's true. <laughs> well, let's see how that plays out. Uh, a couple other quarterbacks. One other one I like. Uh, let's talk Danny Dimes because he's going to be pretty popular this week. Just 5,300 after his coming out party. And, you know, we all mocked it after the draft. Uh, I did. I mean, I'm sure you did. People at PFF oh, did. Of course right? I did. Yeah. You know, Daniel Jones, he stinks. But, Dude's really kind of made us all a believer. He looked really good in the preseason, and he looked really sharp uh, in his debut last week. Uh, the skins, 26th in pass coverage grade, 28th in pass rush grade. That's what you want when you're a rookie quarterback. You just want all this time in the world to be able to sit there. Josh Norman, he, he, he there's dust or he's just not trying anymore. He's not really good. The whole secondary is bad. Uh, and you gave me a good note from – the, the super ultra exclusive level of pro football focus that no matter how much money as a person I want to spend on pro football focus, I can't even get access to, uh, but you gave me this Washington wide receivers, 37.1 overall defensive grade on deep balls. Um, not very good at all. Uh, if he's throwing deep, uh, he's throwing a nice deep ball right now. It looks like Danny Dimes is, is going to be pretty popular. Do you have anything to kind of detract for the love that DFS is going to have for him this week? I mean, the only the, the the detraction there is just that he is going to be popular, and so if you want to pivot, it's you know he's he's not the guy to go with. But the beauty of him is he's easy to sack. It's Sterling Shepard, it's Evan Ingram, and it's go home. So mm-hmm. you're not going to be sitting here worrying about who to pair with Jared Goff to pair with Patrick Mahomes. Darius you know Slayton. who you're pairing. Darius Slayton okay. touchdowns. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm if you want kidding. to pivot, but it's Shepard and Ingram. <laughs> Uh, all right, a couple. Of you 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 give me a dud here. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but. It's really hard to call Deshaun calling one of these stud quarterbacks to have a dud. So it's interesting. I want to hear your spiel on on Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's relative dud, of course. You still like Deshaun Watson, but I just don't think he's got a huge ceiling this week. Carolina's defense has been strong. They're the number four graded defense and number four graded pass coverage defense. They've only allowed 189 passing yards per game. The only team that's allowed fewer is the Patriots, I think, and the Patriots have faced nobody. The Carolina has faced three 
top overall draft picks. They face Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, and Kyler Murray, and they haven't even allowed 200 passing yards per game. So I, I they, they, they have a tendency to shut these quarterbacks down. I just worry that Watson is not going to reach, reach this 3X, 4X uh, production that we want out of him as, a, as our anchor quarterback. All right. Uh, let's move to uh, Scott Barrett's article, Expected Fantasy Points. This is one of the premier articles on Pro Football Focus. If you guys are listening on podcasts, too, don't be afraid. Uh, if you want, if you like the Pro Football Focus show, right, check it out on YouTube afterwards. You can watch it a little quicker, especially if you listen to podcasts a little faster. You can watch YouTube faster. You get to see a, a look behind the scenes of some of the, the articles that we're talking about, too. Um, but uh, he's got a couple good running backs, obviously Christian McCaffrey in a league of his own. We're going to talk about Keenan Allen, uh, who's just blowing. I, you know, last year when Scott did this, I had, I've never seen someone at the top of the league lead so much in expected fantasy points. It's absolutely mind-blowing what Keenan Allen's doing right now. But he's got some reasonable running backs in here. Uh, anyone you want to talk about off the top of your head? Uh, Eckler, looks like his fantasy value is going to be coming to an end, possibly. But uh, I think he's still in a good spot this week. Kamara, right? Kamara burns me week two and then goes nuclear Week three and all those little dumps. Where was that week two, uh, Kamara, when I needed you <laughs> for the big win? So he screwed me there. What, what do you see from Scott's article that's really standing out that we can take away? The one that really interests me right now is Preston Williams. I know it's a dolphin, whatever, but he he's third in the league in red zone targets so far behind only uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. He is, he's got uh, more than 10 PPR points every game he's played. This week, Devontae Parker is likely to get shadowed by Casey Hayward. Jakeem Grant's going to see a lot of uh, uh, whoever their other corner is, uh, King. And then we've got, we're going to have Williams with uh, Brandon Fison, And that's a good matchup for him. If Miami's going to score, always a long shot. But if they're going to score, it's going to come through Williams. Yeah, uh, Preston, well, he's cheap too in DFS. So uh, I liked him last week. And uh, I think we're going to like him. He's looking like the clear number one playing every snap right now uh, out, out there in Miami. So I like him quite a bit. But this is always one of my favorite reads of the week is Scott's article. Uh, if you have a pro football focused subscription, this along with some of his DFS plays that he puts out a little later in the week, uh, really, really uh, explain what you need to do in DFS to, to kind of get the best plays out there. Uh, and some of the best, uh, you know, articles, I think, for fantasy you can get. Uh, specifically for DFS out there. So make sure to check those out. Uh, let's jump to running backs. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of good running backs this week. The one uh, I think who's definitely going to start drawing, there, there's two guys who are going to start jumping up in ownership. And I think it's going to, I don't know who it's going to come at the expense of, maybe David Johnson, who looks like he's he's going to have some ownership this week. Uh, but you've got Marlon Mack. I've got Karrion Johnson. I'll let you go first on Mac. We currently have him at 10%. And I know on DraftKings, right, PPR, it's not exactly Marlon Mack's game. But who cares when you're going to score two touchdowns and have 100 yards in it? He's leading the league in carries right now. You'd like to see more targets, but if you give me a guy leading the league in carries, I don't care if he's Garrett Blunt from the targets. That's fine. He, We don't know how healthy T.Y. Hilton's going to be. They don't have a lot else at wide receiver. The Raiders have the third worst run defense grade. The Colts are at home, six and a half point favorites. Everything about this game script says Marlon Mack running it down their throat. He was, I think it was seven points better per game in, in Colts wins than Colts losses last year. So this is this is absolutely set up for Mack to smash. Yeah, we again, 10% ownership. Uh, I don't know if that's going to double, but uh, I think Mac's going to be extremely popular. Um, you know, from us, we both like him. And basically, once the whole news cycle hits by the time Sunday comes around, uh, I expect Mac to probably be 
um, you know, 15 to maybe even 20% in the, the large field tournaments like the Millionaire Maker or, or something like that. Uh, the other guy, too, uh, this uh, Carrion Johnson, he had 14% ownership earlier in the day, and I didn't say anything to Jamino, our ownership expert, uh, on the first run. He's already juiced up to 19% now on, on basically the updated version. I'm still going to take the over on it because Carrion Johnson is just set up for a huge game. They shipped off C.J. Anderson. Boom, Karrion Johnson, career high in carries, 20 carries. Why is 20 carries important? Because Kansas City, did you see what Mark Ingram did last week? They can't stop anybody. On, <laughs> can't stop anybody. They're allowing the highest expected points added and highest rushing success rate uh, per a new tool here on Roto-Grinders, Gridiron IQ on rushing plays this season. That's backed up with a dead last rushing defensive grade um, on pro football focus. Uh, I'm predicting home. I think he's going to get up to like 25%. He's $800 more than Wayne Gullman, right? Like, do you want carry on Johnson or do you want Wayne Gullman? I think it's pretty easy. I want carry on Johnson. If I'm trying to make that decision. I can see that. I got no problem with that. The only, the only risk is if they just are forced to throw it so much, but that hasn't stopped any defense against the chiefs the last two years running back still score against them. So yeah, that's a good play. Yeah, uh, I like him quite a bit. Uh, let's talk CMC. I'll let you talk about him first. I love CMC too. He's he's like a thousand dollars too cheap on DraftKings. What is he? Eighty eight hundred. He should be closer to ten thousand than nine thousand. Um, basically, any time for the rest of the season when you're playing literally every snap as a running back, involving in the pass game. It's just he's he's too cheap and. Uh, we don't have all the guys to jam in this week, right? We lost Saquon. There's no Elliott on the main slate. Uh, so his ownership's just going to really, really be high this week. Yeah, that, that was the, the point I was going to make is there's, it's a great week to pay down at, at running back from the top guys unless it's McCaffrey because both uh, Zeke and Kamara are playing the late game. Saquon's out. Uh, Dalvin Cook has this awful matchup. So if you're spending big at running back, it's going to be McCaffrey. I, I, there, you don't have to make many arguments for him. He's so good. It's just, it's just hey, Christian. All right. Give me a couple of value running backs this week. Uh, well, this week, like you talked about earlier, Eckler, Eckler might lose his. Let, let's talk. Let's, let's let's first here before you get your. Let's talk about Gallman first, right? Because he's going to be. Okay. He's the he's the chalk of the week here, and sure, right? He's probably going to get most of the snaps, if not maybe like all of them. And I understand it, but I don't know. Gallman's just not good. He can catch some passes. But when you get these little running quarterbacks, right, they don't check down to the running back too often. So I think that's going to keep his PPR floor pretty low. I'm looking at some projection systems, and he's projecting pretty high. I could be wrong on this. I'm probably still going to play Gallman in my cash games, right? He's going to be like 60%, 70% on cash games, and he's cheap. I don't. I, I think in tournaments I am definitely going to be underweight him. Uh, I, I like the arm of Danny Dimes, and I, I don't like the legs of Wayne Gallman is where I'm getting. Yeah, it's people – I've been seeing the stat that, you know, in every game he's had double-digit carries, he's averaged like 12 – whatever it is. It's it's a silly nitpicky stat because that's six games over three years. They haven't played him because he's not that good. He was playing behind Orleans Darkwa in 2017. I, I, I'm with you. He's got the job so much to himself because they haven't brought in anybody that in cash games, great. But in tournament, I just can't imagine there's enough upside to be investing in him even at a cheap price point. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to be underweight in tournaments by the time it's all said and done. All right, sorry to cut you off. Let, give, me, give, me, give me a couple of those value running backs. Here. All right, I was going. Justin Jackson, coming up in a few weeks, Melvin Gordon's going to be back. We might see him lose his time. But they're playing the Dolphins this week, and the Dolphins have played three games, gotten crushed all three times. And in two of those games, the backup running backs, Gus Edwards and Tony Pollard for the Ravens and Cowboys, have seen massive workloads. We saw Pollard go for over 100 and a score last week. So I think a number two running back is the Dolphins is exactly what you want because 
they're going to be cheap and get a lot of usage. And you want to go back. Burke had last week, right, once James White got ruled out, was a really good play. I, I put him in some tournaments. He didn't make my cash team. I could have played him instead of Carson, and then I could have gone from Larry Fitz to Mike Evans and had, like, the uber nuts in, in cash. Still had a really good week. But that lineup would have just been absolutely sick had I made that swap. Do you think it's still reasonable to go back to him this week, though? The loss of their fullback, James Devlin, um, Michelle looks toast. Uh, he's not really doing too well here. You think maybe Burkhead ends up taking over uh, a little bit larger role? I do, but you reminded me of a story that I'm going to tell first. I, I always have one lineup that is my lineup each week. And last <laughs> week I had it set, and I decided last minute I wanted to switch out George Kittle and Josh Gordon for Greg Olson and Julio Jones. And I there you go. It, it was going to be great. This lineup put up 180-something, 190 points, and I looked at it and realized that I'd made that change and hadn't hit save. So I didn't have Jones. I didn't have Olsen. I lost out like an extra 35 points in that lineup. It was so sad. That, oh, that's okay. The, the first week on Thursday when you set your dummy, dummy lineups on DraftKings, I forgot to edit them, so I just flushed a whole bunch of money down the drain. So oh, God. We, we all do stupid oh, things. So in stupid. We, we all do stupid so bad. things. We all do stupid things in DFS sometimes. But hey, the, the, the smart thing is right. Don't make don't make the same mistake again. So uh, I'm, right. I'm, I made sure not to do that. Um, but yeah, talk. Let's talk about Burkett. Now we'll go back to Burkhead. The thing about him is when, when Michelle is on the field, we know what he's going to do. He's had one target, no receptions all year. So now James Devlin's out. He was the lead blocker on 10 of Michelle's last 11 run, run, uh, well, touchdowns of any kind. So we, we, we're not – the Patriots are going to have to be a little more uh, uh, interesting. They can't just toss Michelle out there and have him run up the gut because they can't do that with uh, Devlin. So I think Burkhead's going to be on the field more, toss a little more confusion out there. We, with him on the field, they could run, they could throw, we're not sure. So I just think we're going to see a lot more Burkhead going forward, and that's going to result in a lot more, a lot more fantasy points. All right, I've got to hold your nose and click the guy's name play for tournaments this week. Uh, it's it's not going to be popular. You only need a couple of them in, in your allotment to be way over the field. And let's just say this Indianapolis game doesn't go like we think. Let's say T.Y. Hilton's out, and let's just pretend it's not a complete bull rush onslaught by the Colts over the radar. Josh Jacobs is 5,100 and they want that. What did he do week one when they were, you know, had a good game script and they were in a competitive game. He had a really good game. He got a lot of touches in that one and he's 5,100. I know he's a little game script dependent. He hasn't gotten a lot in the passing game, but against Denver, 23 rushing attempts, 85 yards, two touchdowns. He had his one target, right? If the game script doesn't work against him and it works for him, you get, I think the Mac ownership is definitely going to go above the 10%, but you're getting a little bit of leverage on, on the Mac lineups for a little bit less. Uh, again, this is like maybe like five out of 150 lineups or something like that. You're going to be way over the field on them, but he, he's like my whole, hold your nose and, and click on him instead of clicking Wayne Gallman or instead of clicking some of these other guys. I like him. I like Devontae Freeman too, especially if Ito's out, basically the same price as well. Um, I'm just finding there's ways to get away from Wayne Gallman in tournaments this week. And that's, that's what I was trying to do earlier before the show, um, you know, conceptualizing some tournament teams. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think if the Raiders follow through on the, we've got to throw the ball to Jacobs more, he's going to be very interesting. I think absent that, it's just hard for me to get behind him as much as, as you seem to be, but it's I mean, always I'm possible to throw the ball more. I, I want to, you know I, what I'm it, saying? It, yeah. It's me. I'm just trying to think a little outside the box, right? For right. Sure. Everyone's just going to donkey click in Wayne Gallman and Wayne Gallman is probably going to be a good play, right? I'm just trying to swerve off of him in tournaments, play yeah. the ownership game, find some guys I can get, 
right around his price that have low ownership that could just blow him out of the water if things go if things go right. Yeah, and that and that's absolutely exactly what it could be, especially if they throw the ball a little more. So I, I like what you're thinking. Um, a couple of what do you got here? A couple of duds for me. Uh, I mean, we we know Todd Gurley's dust. I don't even know if you want to say anything about Todd Gurley being a dud. Uh, but you can do that. And then you got Dalvin Cook on here as well, who's been lighting the world on fire. Just a, a really tough matchup and a really high price on Cook. Yeah, both of them. I mean, I'll, I'll just mention on Gurley. The Tampa Bay has tackle has uh, got their tackles behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage 21 times this year. And it's two more than any other team and five more than all but one other team. They are an excellent run defense right now. Maybe we haven't seen enough yet, but we'll see. But, okay. What if I Talk give you – what if I give you Gurley's price? Guess Gurley's price on DraftKings this year. I looked at it earlier and I can't remember. What is he? Seventy-one. He's seventh out. I was trying to lure, lure you into okay. thinking he was low priced, right? But no, he's, I, he's still I, high priced. Why? Why right. would anyone click his name? I had looked at it. I cheated a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't imagine using him this week. Um, and then Dalvin Cook. You know, it's obvious going against the Bears is struggling, but I still think his name value. He's ridiculously expensive, and name value people are going to be on him. He's one that you absolutely want to pivot away from. All right, uh, let's go to wide receivers. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is the Redskins because it's just, hey, hey Terry McLaurin, you're 5,000 against the Bears. Now, I know you're going against the Giants, and it's a pretty bad defense. We're going to give you a $500 price decrease, though, and we're just going to pretend like the Giants are the best team that's ever played ever on defense. So their prices on all the Redskins got dropped way too low on DraftKings. They played the Monday night game. I'm hoping they fix that in the future. Uh, where things like that don't happen. But what are we doing with Terry McLaurin? We've got Trey Quinn is literally the minimum price receiver, and he's playing like 80% of the snaps so far this season. We've got Paul Richardson. He did the Undertaker gif, right? He rose from the dead last week and had himself a good fantasy performance. He's also really cheap. What are we doing with these? Like, we like Danny Dimes. You like Case Keenum. All these receivers are cheap. How do we not use them? Yeah, I think you're going to load up a lot. I think the only argument I can make against McLaurin is that he's going to be ridiculously popular. Uh, but Richardson, we know he's got that touchdown upside. So I, I love him as a, as a contrarian tournament play. Yeah, McLaurin currently the second highest owned wide receiver behind Keenan Allen right now. I love Paul Richardson as a tournament sort of off of McLaurin this week because I think they're, I don't know, somewhat similar. And we saw Richardson kind of come to life. He's just not the sexy name. He doesn't have the the scary Terry or the McLaurin F1 nickname. There's like a Twitter battle over which one's better uh, for McLaurin I, right now. Wait, which side do I you like, take? I liked, I liked scoring McLaurin, but nobody went with that. Scoring McLaurin. I thought that was fun. That's a good one. I thought that was fun, yeah. I like uh, F McLaurin F1 or uh, instead of scary Terry, I think the other. Yeah, scary Terry's terrible. Yeah, we got to come up with something better than that. So. Uh, the, the good people at Rotoware, they've got a, uh, a, a F1 McLaurin uh, t-shirt out there. If you want was, to go, uh, it's beautiful. Go, go do yeah. that one. But uh, yeah, I like uh, Richardson as your tournament swerve. Uh, Trey Quinn just does, he, he's minimum price, right? I understand it if you have to go there, but the Trey Quinn archetype receiver, I mean, he's 3K, but it just doesn't really get my juices flowing. I like more of a downfield threat for my overall um, GPP exposure there. Uh, all right, let's talk Keenan Allen. Uh, actually, no, wait. I'll talk Keenan Allen in a little bit. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk some sand. Let's talk some Chiefs and let's talk some Rams because these are, these offenses look like they're going to go off. 
I feel like Sammy Watkins is going to be a little under on. I haven't looked at the ownership percentage, so you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But he hasn't performed much since week one, but he's still he's third in the league in targets. He's always on the field, and he's with Patrick Mahomes in the Dome. I, I think I think you can probably pivot to him in a – this is the lowest he's going to be owned ever probably because he's been down the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a monster potential there. Yeah, uh, 9% ownership on Watkins. Uh, I, I certainly love him. Hardman's just there at 10%. If I like um, – Mahomes to have a big game and of course I do he's Patrick Mahomes in his first dome game going up against Detroit I'm gonna like all of his targets I don't really think you can go wrong just mix and match uh, work your way through uh, a bunch of different combinations of the Chiefs uh, wide receivers don't forget about Kelsey too and I think you're on your way to making good tournament teams uh, I, I also love some of your notes you have on the Rams here specifically yeah. uh, on Cooper Cup because he is looking what what happened? All of a sudden, doctors figured out how to perform like good surgeries in the past couple of years. We've seen these guys make really good recoveries. We've seen Emmanuel Sanders off the Achilles tier. Uh, Cup has come back, and he looks phenomenal, and, and he looks really unstoppable in this Rams offense. You've got Goff splits at home working for him with the puppeteer pulling the strings at the line of scrimmage, and the matchup, uh, according to PFS, about as good as you can get to. So, uh, yeah, this just looks like an absolutely amazing game for Cup and the Rams wide receiver. Yeah, there. I, I, this is a fun stat I dug up. There are 201 cornerbacks who have seen at least 100 slot coverage snaps since the start of last year. Of those 201, MJ Stewart ranks 201st in slot coverage grade at 29.8. Cooper Cup run, runs more than three quarters of his route out of the slot. Robert Woods runs almost half of his there. Cup is going to absolutely smash this week, and I like Woods. I think there's going to be a Guff Cup Woods stack that is going to pay off huge for somebody. I will me. have some oh, of those. Me. I'm going to have some too. So, Hey, don't have the rest of my lineup as well. So yeah, (laughs) I love that. I like the Rams passing game. I already talked about golf quite a bit. Uh, A couple other receivers I like uh, is definitely Keenan Allen. I'm going to pull up uh, Scott's article here on expected fantasy points again. And you know, you, you've edited this for, for years for Scott here, just how big of a gap is this for Keenan Allen? He's 27.2 27.2 expected fantasy points per game leads the league. And normally, you know, it's it's pretty close up towards the top. The next highest so far this season is Christian McCaffrey at 21.4. So that's a, a 5.8 expected fantasy point gap between one and two. That is also the gap between Kish, Christian McCaffrey and basically anybody else that's on this entire list here in front of me here, if you guys are watching on YouTube. So Allen is just... He's a target monster. His passes are going deep down the field. He's getting them in the end zone, the red zone, everywhere it counts. It's a really focused offense. And he gets to go up against Miami this week. I mean, how do we not? He should be the highest price. He should be like 8,500. DraftKings algorithm, I don't even know if an $8,000 receiver is possible on DraftKings anymore. They seem to have stopped doing that. It is, it's, it's ridiculous the price we're getting on Keenan Allen. Yeah, I, I like I said, you, you mentioned I've edited this piece for years, and I think the highest expected total we've seen most of the time is the Todd Gurley early last year thing. So I, I think he was flirting around 24. So this is three points ahead of Todd Gurley absolutely being the balls-out best player in fantasy. This What Keenan Allen doing right now is insane. And if he can go up – if he can do 90% of it week to week, you're going to have – massive profits every single week against you know you want to say teams going against Miami are going to run the ball but they've given up the top top 10 most points to every single position passing throwing whatever 
This is a huge Keenan Allen spot. Yeah, he's he should be 8,500 and he's 7,600 on DraftKings. Uh, a couple other guys I like who mentioned the Rams. Uh, Tyler Lockett, I mean, any Seattle receiver, right? We're going to talk Will Disley, Chalk Week. Anybody going up against Arizona, we're always going to have interest in them. Do you have any specific details on which Seattle receiver should be the one we should target? Or is it basically all hands on deck and, and shuffle them through a bunch of lineups? Lockett looks like it to be in a premier spot. Yeah, Lockett's probably the one I'm using the most. He's been seeing so many targets the last two weeks, but it's another one where you're just going to toss Russell Wilson in there and pair him up with guys right and left, and whichever one hits, hits. Uh, you mentioned Preston Williams already. You got anything else to add on him, uh, or do you have any other value receivers you're looking at? Uh, well, I've, I've said what, I said my piece on Preston Williams. It's hard to say too many things about a Dolphins player, so I'm not going to go too deep on that one. But then Curtis Samuel. We saw with uh, Kyle Allen starting last week, both he and DJ Moore got off the schneid a little bit. Both had more than 50 yards and a touchdown. Not monster games, but nice to see after they'd started slow. And Samuel had seven targets. Moore only had two. That We'll see if that continues. Moore actually out-targeted Samuel in the game they played with Kyle Allen last year. So we don't know for sure yet. But after Samuel had that electric preseason, I'm interested to see what he does. And I think he could be a nice little uh, cheap play this week. Uh, of course, Fitz and Kirk, you got to get the – they're just not cheap for the amount of targets. Hopefully – I don't know what um, is going on with that Arizona offense. We're getting, uh, you know, a, a quarter. We're getting a drive of really good offense. And then it just – it goes to crap for the rest of the game. They haven't been able to put it all together. seems like uh, Cliff is just kind of making some things up sometimes. They'll throw the ball deep. Then last week he was like, well, I know my offensive line's horrible, so we're just going to throw two-yard passes and try to rely on, on yards after catch. And that didn't really work out too well. So I'm hoping at some point they can just – put a full game together and we get a, you know, the Kyle, the Kyler Murray, Arizona offensive explosion we're looking for. I still think uh, the Arizona targets are all a little bit too cheap. Uh, so I like them. Kirk, Kirk is, uh, I think 5,100 on DraftKings this week. Um, definitely too cheap for him. So I like him. I mean, how do you say no to, to one of these main Arizona wide receivers? Right? Now? They're just too cheap. Yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have one week where they're going to – both of those guys are going to have 110 yards and a touchdown, and Kyler Murray is still going to run for 85 yards. And if you just make – just say you make one lineup with all three of those guys every single week, there's going to be some week where you are so happy. Um, give me a couple of duds this week. Some Oh, man, D.D. Westbrook, we were all jonesing to play him week one. It just didn't really work out. Looks like he went down – as soon as Nick Foles got hurt, he's gone down the drain. And then uh, GPP darling John Brown, I think – you know, we know not to take wide receivers against New England, but you got some good stats for both of these guys. Yeah, Didi, he's still seeing a lot of playing time. I think in the long run, he'll probably be okay. I think maybe not what we thought he'd be with Foles, but I'm not too worried about him overall. But this week, he's the slot guy. We know he spends all his time in the slot. Denver is has been shutting down slot receivers. They they did have that one 40-yard touchdown allowed to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Take that out, they've allowed 101 yards to the slot all year long. That is low. I think I think it's the second lowest in the league. Might even be the lowest. So I, Westbrook is going to have a bad game this time. And then you talk about John Brown. They the the Patriots now granted we don't adjust our grades for strength of opponent and the Patriots have played absolutely nobody so far so their grades are a little inflated regardless they have the number one the number two and the number eight graded cornerbacks so far this year John Brown is probably going to see shadow coverage from Stefan Gilmore who is you could easily argue is the top cornerback in the league right now it's John Brown has been great so far and I'm I'm staying as far away from him as I possibly can this week um, I mentioned Will Fuller I know you talked maybe a little down because Kenny Stills right they run sort of the same type of routes. Uh, Fuller's 4,500 on DraftKings. He's the McLaurin swerve in tournaments for the same price. McLaurin 20 plus percent ownership. 
Will Fuller hovering around 10% ownership. So if you're just looking to get play the ownership game on someone who obviously has some upside as well, Fuller's the exact swap. It does look like Fuller's going to be reasonably uh, owned, but that price tag for a guy playing every snap with Deshaun Watson throwing you the ball is just too cheap. So uh, I like Fuller uh, in tournaments as a sort of off on the corner. Uh, moving to tight ends, you've got some interesting names here who uh, we know them, we knew them from last year, but uh, a couple of these guys are, are a little bit off the radar this year. So let's 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 talk about Indianapolis because uh, doesn't look like T.Y. Hilton uh, is feeling too good right now. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll see. We don't know for sure yet if Hilton's going to play this week, but if he, even if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. And the, the Colts have not picked a receiver behind him. Devin Funches is hurt. Deion Kane hasn't done it. Paris Campbell hasn't done it. Chester Zach Rogers. Zach Pascal is out there. Yeah. Uh, my uh, dynasty super deep sleeper. It's a bunch of maybes. <laughs> it's no sure things. Meanwhile, Eric Ebron and Jack Doyle, we know they have it in them. They ha- both had it in them the last full seasons we saw them play. They're going to be seeing a lot of Curtis Riley uh, defending them this week. He's allowed 2.4 yards per coverage snap. And that, uh, you know, out on, uh, for quarterbacks, that's not great, but it's not awful. For a safety in the middle of the field, that's not very good. So I think I think if Hilton is banged up, we could see a lot of Ebron or Doyle this week, or both, maybe yeah, both. And there's some, uh, again, I think max ownership is going to be higher than what's currently listed at 10%. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of leverage. If uh, it's not Matt getting those touchdowns, maybe it's one of the tight ends catching one, maybe two, and stealing them a little bit um, in, in that Indianapolis offense. So that that's an interesting one. Uh, and you got uh, Delaney Walker here as well. It's like, uh, you know, we thought he was written off for dead, and he's come back and had some good games. Now I'm always worried Marcus Mariota. Um, I, just, I just don't know if he's uh, an NFL quarterback at this point anymore. But he's he's the focal point when he wants to throw the ball. Yeah, you look at uh, Atlanta's numbers against tight ends this year, and it, they're a little low for the full season. Part of that is because in week one, they got absolutely smashed by the Vikings, who ended up throwing the ball only 10 times. So you take that one out, and they've struggled against uh, Ebron and Doyle, and then they struggled against Zach Ertz. Granted, those are all big names, but then so is Delaney Walker. And now Keanu Neal is out. This defense is going to be even worse against tight ends. Walker, I think, has uh, has a chance to have a big game here. All right, let's talk – Will Disley, because this is going to be fun. All right, so uh, Arizona, uh, they've given up. Uh, wait, hold on. Let me check my notes here. Yes, correct. 30 fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. This is absolutely ridiculous. Like, this doesn't happen. But it, it has been happening to Arizona, and we get, like, the perfect zone. Disley was the chalk before the slate even started. And then they traded Nick Vanette to the Steelers for a fifth-round pick. The Steelers, but the Steelers are going all in without their star quarterback. I, I think it's like the dumbest thing that like a franchise can do, but whatever the Steelers are doing, I wish them well, but Miami schooled them. And I think Seattle getting anything for Vanette, uh, anything from Pittsburgh. Uh, I just don't like what they're doing as a franchise. But anyway, Will Disley's probably going to see an uptick in snaps now. And he's going up against Arizona, which is, this is the premier tight end. This is the premier position versus defense of the season so far. How do we not put, we don't like spending up at tight end either. How do we not play Will Disley at 3,600 this week? The absolute only reason I can have against him is just that everybody else is going to be playing him. But yeah, it's, they, they allowed the tight end two in week one, the tight end one in week two, the tight end two in week three. And that even ignores that Hayden Hurst also scored a touchdown in week two. It's part of it has to be a fluke because you can't be this bad and have actual NFL players in the field. But regardless, as long as this is happening, you have to take advantage of it. Yeah, he's 3,600. We got 18% ownership, which I think feels 
maybe just a little light, but I mean, we've also got guys like Kelsey and Ingram and, and Darren Waller and a couple other guys you mix into stacks, taking up some ownership as well. So maybe that's about right. But Disley's going to be your chalk, uh, I think, for cash games and in tournaments. Uh, maybe his ownership creeps into the low 20s. Typically, that's a fade from an ownership perspective at the tight end position for sure. But man, it's hard to overlook what Arizona's given up to tight end. So yeah. I might I might have to uh, go against what the uh, you know the math typically says against tight ends as as I divvy up my tight end ownership. Uh, other than that, what what else do we have out here? Uh, the one one I want to talk about is just my, I have a few fears on Mark Andrews right now. It's it's very minor. Mark Andrews is great. He's wildly efficient. But we have you can bring up on on PFF just the list of snaps played by by player and. Zach Ertz is the number one tight end, 199 snaps. And George Kittle and Greg Olson. You know, it's all the names you would expect. You have to scroll down that list all the way to 24th to find Mark Andrews. He's played only 108 snaps so far because we're seeing so much Hayden Hurst and so much Dick Boyle. And, yes, he's averaging 0.47 PPR points per snap. Delaney Walker is the only other guy over 0.4. So he's been hugely efficient. But if that efficiency falls off even a little, his playing time is just not going to support his fantasy points. Uh, I've got your Will Disley swerve. Pay attention, guys. Uh, he only had the best debut ever of a rookie tight end in the history of the National Football League. We've got TJ Gronkinson, TJ Lockinson coming in at 3 to 4% ownership when Disley's going to approach 20. Kansas City is allowing 17 fantasy points per game to the tight end and a league high 33% of all targets to go to the tight end. Hawkinson's playing, you know, 75, 80% of the snaps. He can ball out. Hasn't really come through for him in the past couple of weeks. But if you want a Disley swerve in tournaments this week, I got it for you, Daniel. It's TJ Hawkinson. It's it's interesting because he's had eight yards total since that one that big week one. But yeah, if you're right, it's gonna be lightly owned. It's gonna be very successful. I like it. And that the uh the staff right, Stafford to Hawkinson, and you play one of them Galladay's super cheap too, right? And then you run it back with your choice of one or two Kansas City targets. You've got a cheap stack with massive upside and you can jam in some really good players into that lineup too. So that sounds really, really juicy to me. And uh, I think I'm going to leave on that because I can't top uh, a TJ Lockinson right there. <laughs> so uh, Daniel, it's been fun. Uh, a quick note for you guys, Daniel, uh, he's going to be out in a couple of weeks. We, we might have a blast from the past coming for you back uh, in one of those shows. Stay in tune. So, so tune in. Uh, when is it? Two weeks from now, Daniel? Two weeks from tonight. So we'll build we'll build some hype. Uh, a Ryan Fitzpatrick lookalike might be joining us. Well, not so much oh, anymore, but maybe from, maybe from last year. <laughs> uh, so uh, when Daniel's gone, uh, we'll have a blast from the past in. But anyway, Daniel, it's not next week. So I'll see you in week five, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show. So for Daniel, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody. We out you.